Welcome to Your Intention Matters, the podcast. My name is Paul Madot. I hope everybody's having a great day. I certainly am. It's Friday. Everyone's in a great mood, and I'm thrilled for today's episode. I have Mike Brower, Chief Customer Officer at Maxwell in Denver, Colorado. Mike, how are things? Welcome. Things are great, and it's great to connect with you again, Paul. Yeah, great to connect with you as well. Hey, listen, take a quick second here and uh, say hello and uh, to everybody listening and uh, a quick intro into who you are. Yeah, you bet. So Mike Brower, uh, born and raised in, in the Chicago area and uh, moved out to Colorado back in January of 1999, right when the Denver Broncos were uh, winning their second Super Bowl championship. Uh, my wife and I, at the time, a girlfriend of about five months, uh, did uh, what any parent would be mortified by and packed up our things and moved out here to, to Denver, Colorado, and have never looked back. And uh, to, today have, have been fortunate enough to work for some great companies and, and, and run the revenue side of the business uh, and am now raising my family here, uh, two kids, and uh, continue to uh, love the quality of life and, and love uh, beautiful Colorado. Well, good, Mike. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to this uh, this episode. You and I have, have we've known each other for a few years now, and uh, I know you have a great story about how you have your current state today uh, was not anywhere near what you thought it would be, you know, some time ago. And so I'm looking forward to it. So, you know, the title of the podcast is Your Intention Matters, and that really stems from I have a belief that says everything is created. There's there's no victim, and you, you, there's nothing given to you. There's no layups, and Everything starts with intention, the fire in the belly, and your mindset. And so uh, I'd love to start with, you know, current state today, Mike. What's your why? What's your motivation, either personally, professionally? Uh, you know, what gets you going? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think it's a, a couple of fold. Uh, certainly uh, providing the type of lifestyle and security for, for my family is always number one. Uh, that, that all changes going from the selfish uh, out, out for me sort of thing. And, and uh, once, you, once you have a family and you start getting a, a, a bit uh, further down the, the path, if you will, in life, uh, the, the motivation shifts to, to uh, your children and your family. And uh, so that's certainly the number one motivation. Uh, second would be, uh, and along those same lines, you, you wake up one day and you realize you're, you're on the back nine, if you will, of your career. And, and so there's many uh, the things that an incentive accomplishment and, and helping companies grow and scale and, and being a success story uh, that, uh, that motivates me every day. And, and when, when you're confident in what you're doing and you know what you want to do and you enjoy the challenge of it, uh, it, it certainly uh, makes, makes every day uh, grateful for the opportunity and, and motivated to, to, to go after it and take a couple steps forward. Well, good. Well, let's get into your career then, because it's been very successful, but it's also been uh, anything but, you know, a straight line here. And so let's go. I'm going to take you back a few years here. Let's go back to 95. Uh, you mm -hmm. just graduated from Purdue, a degree in political science. You know, Mike, if you had buried a time capsule at the time and, and one of the questions was, where do you see yourself in 25 years Would sales, sales leadership, a family in Denver be anywhere on the page at all, like anywhere? 
not even it, it wouldn't even have been a thought that that would have uh, uh, been conceived to be on the stage. Uh, like, so like most I, of I went, us, right? Most of us have never got yeah. never thought we'd get into sales, but here we are, right? That's right. That's right. And by the way, whenever you meet somebody who who tells you that they uh, their entire life they wanted to be a professional uh, a salesperson and and that was their entire goal and intent. Um, I question whether they're telling the truth or not. Um, and, and so I, ever since I was a young kid, I always watched, uh, the, the lawyer shows on TV, the Perry Mason type shows, And I used to always love to argue and debate. And, and so my, uh, family and, and, uh, adults around me growing up always said I would make a great lawyer. And, and that's what I wanted to do. And I remember the show, uh, LA law was, a, was a show that was on. Uh, when I was in uh, the, the college junior high time frame and early high school, and I just envied what looked like a, a ability to to argue cases in court and at the last minute pull that rabbit out of the hat and and win that case and and it looked like every single one of them was wealthy and and dressed wonderfully and and all those all those wonderful things and so when I when I went to Purdue, it was with the entire goal to get good enough grades in order to get into law school. Uh, and I was always interested in politics, in particular uh, political campaigns and, and uh, the poli-sci classes came easy to me so I could have fun in college as well as get really good grades uh, and to set myself up for that law school uh, uh, transition. Um, and when I went to law school, I was 21 years old and, and um, the OJ Simpson trial was in the throes of it, the heart of it. And watching Johnny Cochran in that courtroom and and uh, if it doesn't fit you must acquit and the, the whole deal uh, and I was mesmerized so when I was probably the only person my very first day of law school that looked around and it suddenly hit me that practicing law is not pulling out the bloody knife at the last second and saying how come your fingerprints are on it um, which is what I genuinely thought uh, uh, being a lawyer was uh, I was so naive and had no idea that, uh, and I forget the statistic, one-tenth of one percent of all uh, uh, attorneys ever even see the inside of a courtroom. Um, I, I just was completely naive and clueless. Uh, so I, I enjoyed the study of law, uh, but even going into my second year, uh, started to realize, boy, I don't want to be a defense attorney. I don't want to work in the DA's office. And and uh, work 60 hours a week and make $38,000 a year. Uh, it, it, it just, um, uh, it was not the career path that I expected and uh, yeah. And so, and, and yet you still committed to it for a couple of years, uh, you know, going through yeah. the study of law. And so when you finally decided to maybe not continue that, uh, any resistance from uh, your family, uh, given uh, yeah. you know maybe the prestige of being a lawyer? Any any resistance there that you had to manage? Absolutely. The matter of fact, I was just telling somebody the other day that one of the hardest phone calls I had to make in my life was when I had to call my parents and tell them uh, that I was not going to go back for year three, um, and it was everything from the neighbors, the aunts and uncles. Uh, the, the, the cousins, the... Um, like the embarrassment? Was, uh, the embarrassment. Like, Mike was always going to be a lawyer. And and uh, and, and I think the, their prestige of it, or what they built up to be prestige around uh, being an attorney, 
was was I, I think it was very disappointing to them and it was hard for me I was embarrassed and and at that point I was a 22 or 23 year old kid and uh, and did not know what I was going to do then because my entire life I thought I was going to be a lawyer right and so what did you do so you, you finish you, you decide no, I'm not going to go back what did you do next well I, I had to get a job doing something and because I needed to pay the bills and and uh, wound up uh, getting a, a, a sales job and and uh, thought hey at least I can I can hustle as one of the I remember one of the very first things I learned was that it felt like if I worked harder than anybody else around me, I could also make a better income than anybody else around me. Uh, and then I started enjoying uh, when you when you complete a sale and, and I had no process or no formal training or anything. Um, but I realized when you complete a sale, that, that rush or that sense of accomplishment and, and uh, the, the more I, I got involved with it, the more I really enjoyed the challenge and enjoyed that results were very black and white and it was very measurable and um, and then got turned on to the fact that while you actually can learn a whole bunch about sales that there's uh, processes and methodologies out there and and uh, then that just became frankly a student of of, uh, of, of of the sales profession. And it's amazing how much of that you can take and actually apply into your everyday life as well. It's not just nine to five, but it actually applies from five to nine as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so Mike, what, what, what were you selling? What was your first uh, sales job? Uh, so I, I was selling um, uh, both uh, promotional packages for local businesses, uh, restaurants, golf courses, uh, and, and, uh, and places like that service, uh, oil change places and, uh, and, and, and things like that. Um, selling both to the, the clients, uh, for the need, uh, to, to, to have, uh, pr promotional campaigns done for them as well as then selling, uh, the promotional packages, uh, to, to, to the consumers in the, in the local, uh, residents. And how long did you end up doing that, that for? I, I did that for... Uh, about a year and a half or so, uh, maybe closer to two years, and uh, and 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 really enjoyed it. I got into sales leadership, uh, and and realized that uh, I very much enjoyed uh, getting results through others, helping people meet their goals, and and that was something that I gravitated to, and felt like wanting to be a student of the sales profession, uh, and then being able to teach and train and coach staff really was 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 enjoyable to me interesting that you say that that it's it that it was enjoyable for you on the leadership side it, it takes me back to you know i was a sales manager early on in my career at xerox and after you know being an individual contributor and transparently i, I probably wasn't very effective at it uh, quite frankly but um one of the struggles that i had with it was all of a sudden my income was now dependent upon others i was so used to being an individual mm -hmm. contributor and that, you know, you kind of kill what you eat when you're in a 100% commission, you know, area uh, and, and part of the business. And then all of a sudden I'm responsible for others. And so uh, how did you manage that? Yeah, that, that certainly was a transition. Um, my, my feeling was uh, very quickly, and I had a great mentor who taught me this. Uh, my feeling was if I focused on the individuals and helping them achieve their goals. And then the second piece, which came later, which is. Um, who you hire 
is the most important decision a manager can make. So if you hire the right people and you focus on investing in their success, um, then the money piece will come. So it went from, as an individual contributor, knowing how I could impact my own income and getting more immediate results or more uh, immediate gratification. Uh, it then transitioned into uh, investing the time and knowing that eventually that time will pay off. Investing in others and then uh, over time seeing those, those uh, the other people uh, grow their results and, and, and grow their effectiveness and then the, the, the income would, would, would trail. Uh, but that certainly was a transition uh, and a different way to think. Well, that's great advice and a great way to you know approach that type of a role. Um, you said at the beginning when you were, when you were providing your intro that your then girlfriend, now wife, um, moved to Denver. Did I hear you correctly? Did you say that you moved to Denver together, or did you meet her when you when you got to Denver? No, we we moved to Denver together. So uh, uh, I, I had visited Colorado. Uh, Back a, a few years earlier, it was the only time I'd ever gone west from uh, from from the Chicago area, and uh, and just fell in love with with a trip out in Colorado, and then said, you know, someday I'm going to figure out how to move there. And one time, my my then girlfriend and I were talking, and it was right before the holidays, and I said, you know, I I, I think if I'm ever going to make a change, if I'm ever going to get to Colorado, this is my my chance to do it. And so what. I'm going to do after the holidays is uh, tell my family that I'm moving and and I'm going to pack up my car and, and I'm going to go. And my girlfriend at the time said, um, well, that's crazy because I've always wanted to live in Colorado and I've just been waiting for the time to move out there. And so we agreed that we would move out together and that we would get one kind of six month lease on an apartment together. And at the end of that, no obligations. And if we wanted to part ways, we could part ways. And uh, and and so we we used each other, so to speak, to to make that move and then know somebody to, to do it with and have that shared experience. And then um, we got our first one bedroom apartment together. And very quickly, I realized that I needed to continue to sell her on the fact that I didn't want to part ways. And so uh, the, the the rest of it is uh, is history, as they say. See, as I said, the selling skills comes into play five to nine, right? It always does, five to nine, absolutely. So when you went to Denver, did either of you have a job? No, we didn't have a job. And this is, and this is before you could um, really leverage the internet to do those sort of things. Right. Um, so, so we pulled the to town uh, in January of 1999. Um, I, got a, I looked for a cheap motel off the highway, and, and, uh, and we found one, uh, and then said, hey, over the next couple of days, we need to find an apartment and we need to do it quickly. We didn't have much money to burn. And so we did that. And once we got the lease on an apartment we could afford, then we said, great, now we have to get jobs. And we, we literally drove downtown Denver, walked up and down the street and went popped into different restaurants and businesses and said, hey, are you looking for work? Because uh, we, we both uh, are looking for a job. We found a fish taco restaurant <laughs> that hired both of us, and that was our very first job in Colorado. And that's some 25 years ago, 26 years ago now. Yep, yep, yep. And then once we had that job, we uh, used that, to, of course, to have some type of paycheck coming in. And then in the meantime, started to look for 
more our professional uh, uh, career path. And, um, and, and then I got a sales job and, and my wife's got uh, a marketing job and uh, working for a company. And that's kind of where we kicked off our professional careers in Colorado. Okay, Mike. So you, you've been in Denver really 25 years now. Um, and and a, a few different roles in the sales leadership side. Um, you know, I in my world with what I do for a living, I engage with a number of different VPs of sales. You, one of them, of course. And so I know that there's no shortage of options of top talent and leaders and people in, in managers' roles and, and VP roles and so forth. Um, what do you think it is about yourself that makes you stand out? And why are these companies, you know, sourcing you and um, you know wanting you to be a part of their team? Yeah, you uh, you bet. Um, I think I would start with something I'm very humbled by, which is I've had the opportunity and the pleasure to work with with, with some great professionals and, and wonderful people, and I've always tried to treat people with with respect, with um, really understanding what their goals are, and and being fixated on trying to help them reach those goals, and so. A lot of when I think about different companies that I've, I've been fortunate to work for over the, 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 the last number of years, um, many of those started with either a former colleague or employee went to work at that company, uh, or I, through uh, uh, a relationship of a colleague or a former colleague or employee, uh, they, they made the introduction for me. So. Uh, so that's uh, relationships matter, and and your reputation certainly matters, and and how you treat people ultimately matters, and so uh, that's that's probably one area uh, that I feel uh, blessed and fortunate that uh, that uh, jobs have kind of found me or companies have found me a bit, uh, and a lot of that through, largely through networks. All right, so Mike, since we've known each other, um, it's been a couple of different companies, and so now you're at Maxwell. And I know that in your previous role, um, you electively left, and Maxwell, and you keep me honest here, would be considered more on the startup side. And so where you are in your life and your career, um, what were you thinking leaving and you know going to a startup? <laughs> like you're not 25 anymore. Yeah, no, yeah, you, you bet. And I get asked that question. Uh, certainly my wife has asked me that question. Uh, <laughs> the... the uh, what I find with companies once once we, we, we scale them, uh, what tends to happen is I get further and further removed from both the call it on the ground sales professionals, and just as important if, if if not more so, I get further removed from the customer, and and eventually that I always want to gravitate back to. Um, working on the front lines, if you will, and, and, and helping sales professionals grow their skill set and career. And then uh, certainly want to understand the, the, the customer and how we can build a great relationship and, and support them to help them achieve their goals. So uh, I, I think the, the appeal to me for a startup is is being able to take my, my experience and a lot of those learnings being from, from mistakes and, and, and uh, painful uh, 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 lessons, uh, but really being able to do that in a earlier stage company and impact that all the way from uh, the the pre-sales effort through the the, the customer relationship, um, and 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 that's very appealing to me. You find in the startup that you get 
opportunity to, to, to build incredible relationships with your customers. And, and you, you tend to hire and attract uh, younger people in their career. And so you get to invest in that and really impact their career and their skill set. So that's, that's something that, that I greatly enjoy. Well, you know, Mike, you have been able to create um, you know, a pretty impressive and envious career. Good on you for what you've been able to do. Um, keep me honest here, but 2016, good year. Um, was it oh, was, I mean, was, was it 15 or 16? I'm trying to remember what year was it. It's, it's, it's 2016. 2016. Um, and it's really, yep, the, the, the greatest year, I, I believe, over the last, um, uh, many would argue over the last 100 and, 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 and some odd years, um, when, when, when the one and only Chicago Cubs, won their world championship uh and it was the first and only one in my father's lifetime in my lifetime and uh yeah it was incredible yeah yeah i I, and i I remember when they were going through it and that they certainly um uh had a great ride and so um mike really thanks so much for being here Uh, last question for you any advice for anybody listening uh, if you want to add anything that maybe somebody has provided you over the years or that that you has that that's worked well for you that if somebody said to you mike just one thing anything pop out that you want to share with anybody listening yeah i would i would tell you um uh you are the only person who controls whether you bring your a plus game every single day to your craft and, and if you are willing to work hard and bring that effort and bring your A-plus game every single day, you're, you're, you're going to be successful. Can't think of a better way of ending this one right now, Mike. Thanks so much for being you here. Uh, listen, we're going to wrap this one up right now. Everybody listening, remember that your intention matters because that's the result that you'll tend to get. We're out of here, and uh, we'll see you next week. Go Leafs, go Raptors, and from my guest Mike, go Cubs.